Welcome to Worship Call with Bible teacher Buzz Lawback. Buzz is the pastor of Grace Chapel Bible Ministries located in Duncan, South Carolina. This ministry is dedicated to the verse-by-verse teaching of God's Word and discipleship programs aimed at strengthening the faith of God's people. Now here's today's message. This is the second day of the week in God's created order. Monday, January 1st, 2020, fourth year of our Lord. And let's turn to our great Lord in prayer. Father in heaven, thank you for this day. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for bringing us into a new year. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you put within our hearts a um, even a, a, a more of a resolve to serve thee day by day, year by year. With all the, with, with, with all the, um, urgency that we are placed here to do in, in, in ministry. Pray, Heavenly Father, that you open our hearts this morning to the things we're about to study and these things we pray in Christ's name. Amen. And this is another fine day in the Lord as we start this new year. And this morning what I want to do, um, I've been, uh, been under the weather for, and both Becca and I have been under the weather for some time now, and um, so we've been a little, a little for, a little away from our studies. I mean, I think over a week and stuff. So I want to go back to Matthew 22. We're studying the feast of the, um, the the parable of the feast. Remember, a parable is a story that's set beside another one, and. Um, in order to illustrate a certain truth. I don't know if we're all set up this morning, but pardon the distractions as normal, but we'll we'll see if we, we get things going here. But um Jesus is addressing the the Pharisees. Now remember these uh not the Pharisees, the high uh, the chief priests. They're different different religious groups here. These are the chief priests. And they're like Nic- uh, Nicodemus. When Nicodemus came to the Lord and, uh, in John chapter 3, and he said, um, he said, I, we know that you are from God because, you, you know, you're doing all these um, signs and all these wonders. He, and Jesus stopped him right there. And he said, um, before you can enter into the kingdom of heaven, you must, or the kingdom of God, you must be born again. And um, then Nicodemus goes through with that. You see, Nicodemus was on the assumption that he was good to go, simply because, first of all, he was a Pharisee. He was a Pharisee. He was part of Sanhedrin. He was the cream of the cream and the religious circles. Of course, he was saved. He was Abraham's seed. But Jesus said, uh-uh, uh-uh, that's not a prerequisite. That's not a prerequisite. You, you think you are, and you're not. And um, as I've said before, I... Um, that we should be working out our our salvation with fear and trembling um, to the point where we're confident that we've got it. Uh, many people are going about their day and uh, way, and they don't um, they don't give any any um, devotion at all to God, to His Word, to church, to to any spiritual priority, but. They base their salvation that they made a decision sometime in the past that they believed in trusting Christ. Okay. Um, but for me, and, and they very well be, you know, at that point that they believed in and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. But if I think that if I know and I do know that there is an eternal lake of fire, I want to work out the math. 
But anyway, we were we're here with the chief priests, and and Jesus is laying out to them. These guys think that they're good to go, that they they are in the religious circles. But uh, what Jesus is doing is pulling their punk card. So we look at the pair, uh, and I started out with this lesson. And it's a work in progress, Tim. And it's just something that when we get back together again, there'll be questions. And remember when you started working with eschatology, there, there are some things that were coming to light that, that kind of tweaked your paradigms a little bit. These things tweak my paradigms. And there's going to be questions that you're going to be asking. And there's things, believe me, there, there are things that we're working out on on this. So feel free to bring up the question. Feel free to write them down. And let's work these things out. But the first thing I want to uh, bring back to light is uh, is the fact that um, set aside the um, set aside the church. The church is a mystery doctrine, um, and in there it's not even in, it's not in the light of anything yet. It's um, the, the Jesus mentions. I believe it's just one time. You can correct me on that, but. When he said to Peter, on this rock, I will build my church. I may be corrected on that, but uh, there's not much emphasis at all on the church. And in the Jewish mindset, they're looking for the establishment of the kingdom. And that kingdom begins what we call the thousand year millennium, but it goes on in their mindset. It is, it starts, it, it begins and it, it runs co- uh, continuously through. There will be a destruction of the heavens and the earth at one point, and um, a new heavens and the new earth will be fulfilled. So there's a, quite a bit of eschatology on here, but we're t- picking it up where these people are right now in light of Daniel's prophecy of the coming of the Messiah. And um, let's see. So we're looking, we are looking in the light of the eschatology of Israel. Their expectation of the coming kingdom, as outlined in Daniel 9, as it was the expectation of the apostles and when, or the disciples prior to him uh, being ascended into heaven and saying, is it time for you to restore the kingdom to Israel yet? So the church, another thing I want, and of course there's no argument here. I'm, I'm sure there's not, not between us here and maybe with some other people. But the church is not Israel. Israel is not the church. And um, and so we're dealing with three different categories of people. We're dealing with the church, but we're not really dealing with the church. The church is a mystery outside of it. The church is the body of Christ. It is the bride of Christ. It, again, it's not Israel. Is, um, then there's Israel. Israel is the um, Jewish people, they are the racial seed of Abraham. And then there are the Gentiles. Gentiles are the nations of this world. And, um, and really Gentiles are everybody who are not Jews. Uh, so there's Jews and everybody else. The everybody else are the Gentiles. And God has a plan for all three sects. He has a plan for the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. We are the church. Um, he has a plan for Israel um, the, to fulfill those promises of Israel, um, uh, you know, the promises to the seed of Abraham. And there is a promise 
a future promise for Gentiles. And this is, uh, I think this is in the light of we're looking at the feast and the invitation that's going out to all the world at this point um, and inviting inviting the people from nations into the uh to the marriage supper or the marriage feast. So the church, which is the bride of Christ to fulfill the Edomic promises or purposes of God. The church in the end, um the, here is the church itself is going to be the bride and the bridegroom as we as it's to fulfill what God had purposed from the beginning. That man and woman um, would uh, that they would be the the uh, co-heirs, and they would um, multiply. They would fill the earth, and um, and there would be that there would be the they would rule this earth, the dominion rule under the um, under the rulership of God. They would bow a knee to the ultimate ruler. Uh, the universal ruler, which is God. So, there are distinct and exclusive promises made to the seed of Abraham. Those are promises that were that being being the Jews of being of Abraham that they that they could count on, and there are distinct and exclusive promises to the body of Christ which is being formed up in this age. In this age, this age that we are living in is the mystery, um, is the mystery. In this age, if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, if you're, if you're a racial Jew and you believe and you trust in the Lord Jesus Christ for eternal life, well, you're, you, uh, are now a Christian. If you are a mongrel, and you trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. You enter into that body of Christ. As Paul says in Galatians, there is neither Jew nor Gentile, nor free man or slave, or male or female. We are all one in Christ. So that's the distinction of this age that we are living in. If we, when we take these parables, look at them at coterminous. Set aside this age, because this age is a, I think they call it the intercalation that they have been, has been inserted. You know, but prophecy doesn't cover the church. Prophecy is covering Israel and we're looking at it in that light. And in the gospels, in the gospels, it is, it is the, um, looking at light of, of the eschatology of Israel. Okay. So, and there, as I've already said, there is hope for man, uh, for mankind, for the Gentiles, that will extend to the future, even to the new heavens and new earth. And in this parable of the feast, I think this is where the emphasis lies. There also with the goat and the sheep and goat judgment, the emphasis lies with the Gentile nations, calling out the Gentile nations, and that's, I believe that's where the grafting in. You know, it is not the church that's grafted into the promises of Israel. And, and we may disagree, some of us may disagree with that. But I think the church is out of that. I think we're looking at the Gentile nations that are being grafted into the promise. And those who believe, 
I'm talking about those who believe. And in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 10, let me see this lower got. Okay, that came up all right. All right, and he, even here, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 10. For it is fitting for him for whom are all things and through whom are all things in bringing many sons to glory to perfect the author of their salvation through suffering. And this may not be the church here. This may be, uh, and, and um, still got some work to do on this, but this may be the Gentile nations themselves, bringing them into glory, uh, bringing that invitation, in, uh, that invitation out. And again, certainly in our age in which we are, there is the calling out for the bride of Christ, calling out for those that are going to, to not be, not be those who are invited to the marriage supper, but those that will, but those that are the body of Christ that is the bride himself. And wherever the, um, when we see in Thessalonians, well, that's, when we look back in Thessalonians, they got it there, yep. Thessalonians 4.17 says, then we are alive, will remain, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, so we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort each other with one of these. So we're not being invited. We are a part of that body, um, which is the bride itself. So where Christ is, we're going to be. Um, so we're at a point where there is the calling out of the bride, or calling out of the, not the, in the, this age it's calling out of the bride. But we're still looking in, in the fact that there is the invitation going out to the Gentile nations. So, uh, Hebrews, or Matthew 22, 1 through 3, and Jesus was saying to, uh, to them again in parable saying, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who has a wedding feast for the son, for his son. And he sent out his slaves to call those who had been invited to the wedding feast and they were unwilling to come. Um, so that first advent, that first advent when, when the, after the 400 years between the close of the closing of the, uh, the Hebrew canon with the book of Malachi, there's 400 years of silence, no more prophetical utterances there. And all of a sudden, things begin to kick up again, starting with Zacharias in the temple. Uh, you remember Zacharias and his wife Elizabeth. But at that point, John the Baptist comes on the scene. He, he grows up. He is the son of Elizabeth and, and Zacharias. And he begins to preach. Matthew 1.3 Now in those days, John the Baptist came preaching. In the wilderness of Judea, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is the one referred to by Isaiah, the prophet, when he said, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Make ready of the Lord, make his path straight. And um, so the, the message began with, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And Luke, um, Luke chapter 10 I think Luke chapter 10, you had the 70 who was sent out. 
um, to invite those um, to to to, and they were sent out to the lost sheep of Israel. They weren't sent out to the world, but they were lost, sent out to the Israelites with the message. Matthew 10, the disciples are given their first go at becoming apostles. And they were sent out with the, with the same message. Matthew 10, 5. These 12, these 12, Jesus sent out after instructing them, do not go in the way of Gentiles. It's not yet their, their message. And do not enter into a city of Samaritans, but rather go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Freely you receive and freely give. Um, and again, Luke 10, 1. Now after this, the Lord appointed 70 others. And he sent them in pairs ahead of the, him to every city and place where he himself was going to come. And he was saying to them, The harvest is plentiful and the laborers are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out the laborers. That call was ignored. Um, the timing was right, but they, the people rejected. The, these people rejected. And then we come into Matthew 22.4. Again, he sent out our other slaves saying, Tell those who have been invited, Behold, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fattened livestock are all butchered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding feast. Well, once again, it was ignored, but they paid no attention and went their way, one to his own farm, another to his business, and the rest seized his slaves and mistreated them and killed them. And um, so our Lord Jesus Christ gave them a second chance. When he prayed to the Father, when he was on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them. For they do not know what they do. So they had another opportunity after the cross that they could at that point repent and to bring in the, in the kingdom. Remember, they, they're looking at bringing in the kingdom. That, that is a message to the Jews to repent because they're looking forward to this kingdom. Notice that after, we mentioned this last time, notice that after Matthew 13, there's no longer a Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Matter of fact, to the believers, to to the believers, what's the message to us going out into the world? Because this message is going out to the world now. There is a calling out for the bride in the age in which we live. And what's the message today? It's not. It's not about the kingdom. The message is believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. There is the calling out for the bride at this point. Not calling out for the Gentiles, but the, the, um, so the age of Israel had stopped. The kingdom, there is the, going to be the calling out of the kingdom, but people have gone out at, the, the message hasn't gone out that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. 
the message has gone out that the door of opportunity, the door for the for salvation has been opened. Is a free gift for everyone that trusts in Him. They have eternal life. And um, again, that we live in an age where there is the calling out of the bride. When the bride is taken, the message picks up again that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I believe that that the kingdom of heaven is coming. It's you know, it's that great and terrible day of the Lord. That's, that's coming and it's, and, and Jesus is coming back to sit up his administration. He came in as a lamb at the very beginning. He came in with the offer of the kingdom. He came in with, with the opportunity for the Jewish people to execute their volition positively to receive him as king. But they rejected it. And when it comes down to the point of um, his second advent, his second advent, he's not coming back as a lamb. He's coming back as a lion. And when he comes back, he's going to set up his kingdom. And yes, it's going to be by force. He's going to be on. He came in with the offer on that mule, on that foal into the temple. That was the offer. When he comes back, he's going to be on a war horse. And he's going to be, uh, and from his mouth is going to be the sword of the word of God. So those things, those things are coming. And that, that is, per Joel, that is the great and terrible day of the Lord. This is where there's going to be the separation of the wheat and the chaff and all that coming up. But right now we have the opportunity and we'll be coming back with him. In the clouds, his bride, his church, which is being assembled in this age in which we live. So the work of salvation was completed on the cross. The door of salvation is open. And a second invitation goes out to the people. Um, the church age still has not begun yet. It does not begin until the um, the day of Pentecost. And um, so they have that opportunity. Uh Again, Matthew 25, 22-5. But they paid no attention and they went their way to their own farm, another to his business. The rest seized the slaves and mistreated and killed them. But the king was enraged and he sent his armies and destroyed his murders. Check, you know, and the AD 70, Titus Moves in, General Titus moves in and he destroys, um, there's a siege of Israel, he destroys their worship center, uh, he annihilates them and the Jews are, are, um, dispersed from, from the land. But look at this. But the king was enraged and he sent his armies. <laughs> See, even Roman, even the Rome, Rome may claim that Caesar as their as their God, they may claim him as the supreme ruler, as their Fuhrer or whatever. But here it is. Who does the armies of this world really belong to? Who moves them? God. So but the king enraged, he sent his armies and destroyed those murders and set the city on fire. Then he said to his slaves, and this is not the church, start of the church age. 
does not uh, ignore ignore the church age. It is going to be a real thing, but the the timetable is stopped for Israel. Pretend it's not even there. That there's no partial on there. Now he tells the his slaves to go out into all the world. Now who's the slaves? Who? Um, uh, you know, uh, Tim, we we talked about the 144,000. I still think that they may still very well be. We, um, in some circles, that is still taught that those 144,000 are are the evangelists. But there are going to be Jewish evangelists one way or another that's going to go out into the world, and and it's going to. Here comes the invitation to Gentile nation to invite them to the feast. Um, the wedding has already occurred between the, the bride and the bridegroom. He's already come and received his bride at this point. <clears throat> All right. Um, so there was destruction of the temple at eighty seventy, and the very worship center of the people of Israel. Now it comes to grafting the grafting stage of God's plan as the promises of the Gentiles. Uh, promises go out to the Gentiles. Matthew 22.8 Then he said to his slaves, The wedding is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy. Go therefore to the main highways, and as many as you find there, invite. See, the, the, the bride, you and I are brides. We are the bride of Christ. We don't get an invitation. We do not get an invitation. We are the body of Christ. We are part of that wedding, um, the bride and groom. And wherever wherever the bridegroom is, so is the bride. So it doesn't have to mention the bride at this feast. Because, again, in Thessalonians, it said wherever, uh, at that point, wherever the, um, let me go back down to Thessalonians. Thessalonians 4, 7, again. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we shall always be with the Lord. So where are we? Does it have to mention that Jesus and his bride? doesn't have to, because wherever the bridegroom is, so is the bride. The invitation is not going out to invite those to be part of the wedding feast. The bride's going to be there. So these are Gentile nations that um, that the invitation is going out to. Um, in this unique age, though we have the calling out of the bride of Christ, the church is not given an invitation. They have been called. Okay. Um, so the bride uh, again, the bride is not the guest. The bride is not invited to her own wedding feast. She is present with the bridegroom. And the establishment of the kingdom is the grafting into those who are redeemed, those who accepted the invitation, those that um, those that believed in the Lord uh, Lord Jesus Christ. At that point, they the faith has always been the entering into um, receiving the righteousness of God, and. Um, so uh, let me see. Bring this in. And so we are. Uh, well, no, we got time. We got time. So 
the end of the seven-year tribulation, there will be this marriage feast. And those that go into the kingdom, and and maybe I got it a little off a little bit. Um, at we could I would say at the beginning of the millennium. No, see, yeah, we'll leave it there. So at the beginning, uh, at the end of the seven-year tribulation, there will be a marriage feast. Those that go into the kingdom age, beginning with the thousand years, will be believers going into that. Going into that first generation of millennial believers, millennium will be believers. I, I equate it to be like the flood when the when the flood uh, they, when the flood came, and um, beginning that new generation it was just a few, and there's going to be only a few. The population is going to be wiped out of this world, and going into that thousand years, the beginning of that um, beginning of the kingdom. There's going to be all believers. There is going to be the great evaluation, the great judgment, uh, or I'll say the evaluation. And this is what we're going to continue on tomorrow with. And the great evaluation is those that have the righteousness of God, those who are believers. And these are Gentile believers. These are those Gentile, Jew and Gentiles, those who believe in Gentile. As a matter of fact, I'll put it, I'll also throw this out. All of Israel will be saved. So along with the, along with the, um, remnant, the Israel, there will be those Gentile believers that's been separated by the goat and the sheep judgment. And, um, the, those that pass that judgment will be going into the millennium. So beginning the millennial reign of Christ, there will be all believers. But as the generation progresses on in those thousand years, they're, um, they're going to have to exercise. There's still going to be free will. There's still going to be the determination of choice whether or not they are going to receive the free gift of salvation and be redeemed to go on into eternity. Father in heaven, thank you for this opportunity this morning to fellowshipping in your word. We pray, Heavenly Father, that God the Holy Spirit will continue to um, enlighten us to open up our eyes to these truths. I pray, Heavenly Father, that as good Bereans, we go to the, we go to the Word, we work these things out, we ask the questions, we're proactive in our studies as we continue to seek the truth. Pray, Heavenly Father, that you open up our eyes to these things, and these things we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Alright. Well, to you, have a happy new year, starting out this wonderful day today. And, um, let's see. Oh yeah, remember this. Um, at the last Thursday of the month, we are having our Great Upstate Bible Challenge. And, um, and, and, uh, tentatively speaking, I'm going to try to work through the book of Matthew. You know, so it's going to be your own, on your own study. And you, you open up your commentaries, you do your studies. We're going to, uh, we'll be studying Matthew 1, uh, the categories of the great upstate Bible challenge will come from Matthew 1 through 5. And I'll leave, I'll leave that category 6 open for like a review in the future. So, um, that's going to be at the end of the month here. So be working on that and, um, it should be a good time. So, all right. Till tomorrow, stay motivated. Lord, keep your armor on. Keep fighting a good fight of faith. And Lord willing, spirit guidance, rapture penning. 
We'll see you in the AM. Thank you for joining us. You can hear this message again, as well as previous lessons, and get notes by visiting us online at www.gchapel.org.